Welcome everyone to VR Jungle Podcast. My name is Geraldy, the host. We have our lovely co-host over there, Olin, and today our guest is Sputnik. I'm laughing because this is our second run. We got like six minutes in of talking and I'm just like, I don't think we're live, but we're live now. Uh, So yeah, that's awesome. But like I said, today is uh, Sputnik. Um, We're going to talk about all sorts of VR news today, like the Miami event. We're going to talk a little bit about the new game Bone Lab and and see if it maybe might have been a little overrated. Who knows? We'll get into that. And then, but uh, Sputnik is an esports producer, uh, a caster, and also a competitor as well. And he's also doing uh, a new company, new organization called Redshift Esports. And so we're definitely going to talk a lot about that as well and what that entails. But uh, Sputnik, you want to go ahead and uh, talk about more about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Sputnik Cobra. My name is also Steven Ibanez. Uh, I added that from the first, that's new from the first rendition. Um, but <laughs> I, but... <laughs> I think my man mine better too. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I used to be a player. I used to be pretty good. I was a pro. I played Echo Combat, Echo Arena. Uh, I played Goalie in Echo Arena. And I played the Sniper in Echo Combat. I made it to land for Echo Combat. Uh, and then I retired and I started casting for VRML, uh, cause after ESL, we had nothing. So we had to create our own thing and uh, shout out to Dakin, man, Nightfire, no man, all of those wonderful people, Lilu, all those wonderful people at VR master league. And I started casting and I hated it and I got really good at it after a lot of work and I love training people and I trained up like four new casters, but I'm. I've been here. I did Redshift, and I mean, I could go on with this intro. Just, <laughs> You're good. Just take, it, just take it from me. Just take it from you. All right. Well, I'll take it from you, but we'll definitely get more, like I said, into Redshift, and then uh, all the casting stuff that you've done. But um, the main thing I wanted to touch before we kind of really lose ourselves in the conversation is that Olin was actually was fortunate enough to go to Miami to the event. And so you just want to kind of uh, talk about the event and and who won, um, how your experience was. Did you sell a whole bunch of your gun stocks? You know, like let's let's hear the deeds. Um, so I I mainly went to the event in mind as support, but also to just kind of generate brand awareness. Um, I wasn't really concerned about the selling stocks thing uh, because I I understand that right now with the higher level players most 95% of them were freehand. So I was kind of just like, you know, just talk to them, see what they, what they could see themselves improving on, if anything, um, in terms of just uh, aiming and things like that. Um, but it was, it went really well, you know, especially for their first event. Um, shout out to uh, uh, Hold My Shields and uh, Hazy. That was, uh, they put together something great, especially for their first time. Um, mm-hmm. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was like a, uh, What's funny is, uh, you know, Wise Director, he's streaming right now. He just popped in and he was there. And it was like, um, I was saying that, you know, to my uh, wife and my my buddy, uh, Donnie, who was there. I was like, it's funny when you go, you've never met these people in your life, but you recognize their voices immediately. And it's like seeing like a long lost cousin you haven't really met in a while. And it was the coolest thing. And it was like a family. It was was a lot of fun. (laughs) And I never knew that I could function without sleep for like a day and a half and i was just running off adrenaline at that point and a few and a little bit of c4 helped a little bit but yeah it was was crazy yeah it was a lot of fun for sure and uh uh, 
yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a bit of a struggle, you know, on my end, you know, uh, things were tight here and there, but it ultimately was worth it. And everything, we got lucky how everything was so close. Like the X lab studio was about two miles from the, Oh, Super really? Blue. That's cool. And our Airbnb was a mile from super blue. And then, you know, another mile from the airport. And then there's just restaurants and stores literally everywhere. So it's kind of like, you don't have to Miami. worry about yeah. traffic. And yeah, I never been there. And I was like, dude, this is amazing. We were just playing Latin music the entire time. Just in, <laughs> you embracing were that the guy. culture. You were that <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta immerse yourself though. You gotta, you gotta be one yeah. with the culture. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun though, for sure. Yeah. So, um, how did the event really go? Like you can go out to YouTube on their uh, YouTube page and rewatch if you wanted to, it was broadcast alive. The production was pretty good. Um, what, so far, what I saw in the production, it was pretty crisp and clean. So they did a really good job making sure that they had proper connection and everything. Um, but a lot of people, if you didn't know, um, the team that won was Vortex, uh, which is Samachi, uh, ran by Samachi. Um, he is a streamer, you know, in, like influencer type person that also does uh, um, things on YouTube for certain games. I know that he really enjoyed Zenith. If you ever want to watch him really unload on somebody, go watch his Zenith episode. That's I'm not going to talk about it, but you can go ahead and watch it. It's a good good one. But so they won. Um, so congratulations to them for sure. I mean, how was the competitive scene though? Like these these people for the first time probably ever are are put into a live event. Like, could you tell like there was more energy? Do you think people were playing at a higher level than what they typically would being at their home? Did people ever get into a little weird spat when they got done? Like it was like old school, like playing across each other, playing Call of Duty, taking off the headset and be like, yeah, like <laughs> any of that happen? You know, uh, the one guy who was uh, kind of like the hype beast on uh, for Vortex specifically that was really the only match I got to watch, you know, manning the booth and trying to like make connections. Um, mm -hmm. The very, the, the last uh, match uh, tropical came through the entire uh, booth area and everything. And he was just walking through announcing, all right, finals, everybody get your asses to the stage. Let's go watch this. And I was like, thank God. I thought I was going to miss it all. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like, you know, they had it playing on the projectors. I was, uh, I was able to catch a few plays and everything, but for the most part, there was never, and he, it didn't seem like there's bad energy. Yeah, there was hype. You know, Yellow Hat was the one, you know, memeing a little bit and just trying to pump up the crowd. Uh, but for the most part, you know, there was, uh, you know, when when Vortex won, you know, they're just shouting out everybody. Like, it was more of just a, it's cool to be here in general. Like, nobody, mm -hmm. it's not some huge, we lost a million dollars. Like, yes, there's a, quite a bit of money on the line. But with Vortex, they were they did mention how, you know, we're experienced to a degree like we've we've I, I was talking to Sumachi a bit and he was like, we've done this before, um, at least with like Yellow Hat. He does uh, he does. I think it was trombone uh, performances. And then mm -hmm. Sumachi has played and competitive before. So the the nerves didn't get him. And they also all said pretty much like once you put that headset on the beauty of VR. You forget everything, yeah. like, you forget what's around you. And they're like, yeah, we could feel the rumble of the stage and, like, a little mumble of, like, the crowd. But for the most part, we were just in it. We were singing, like, it was casual, you know. One of them was scratching their butt because they, like, you know, the butt itches after a round, you know. They're just, like, <laughs> they're they're at home, but pretty much. Yeah. They've got that headset on. They're at home. And, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't, you really didn't sense any kind of bad energy for the most part, you know, like mm -hmm. at least maybe I was oblivious to it, but like, I never, I never caught a vibe of like, Ooh, that's, that's, 
that's not good or something yeah. for the most part. And but, on their um, website, yeah. did you find a bracket or anything? Um, I didn't uh, find a bracket yet. Because I haven't um, seen, I, I don't think I, they ever posted a full bracket of exactly what happened, who won matches or, or statistics. And if so, then I like, where is it at? Because I have not seen it. Um, I'll but pull while, up the Discord. Okay. But anyway, Sputnik, um, since you said you played uh, competitive Echo, um, did you ever get the chance to go to a lane event back in the day? Yeah, I competed at LAN. Um, I uh, I have some clips of it actually. Uh, I was the only person <laughs> to get into a physical altercation with another player at a LAN. Wow, nice. Uh, How'd that go? But, uh, they they backed down. They barked <laughs> and they backed down. Uh, yeah, it was a that was a that was a really uh, can I curse? Yeah. Uh, that was a real Tunic shit. Tent. Yeah, that was a real shit fest of a night. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I competed, uh, and I talked a lot of smack. We lost, but uh, I never really came to win anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. I never really showed up to win. I just showed up to party. Uh, it was a free trip out to – because the money, like, we knew we weren't going to take first, and we could have taken second, and then the first day, the Saturday was canceled, and they pushed everything off to the Sunday – and I was just like, screw this. I'm just going to party. And I got like two hours of sleep and went and competed. Yeah. When I showed up. Have a good time. Well, when I showed up, my team was like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, but uh, they made me do the onstage interview and I crushed it. Uh, and there's a really good clip of it. A real, it's probably one of my, probably the highlight of me competing was to do this interview on stage. But um no, uh, there was one point where I was shouting because I was so pumped because mm -hmm. we were winning. And then because I had I pretty much trained up the team that beat us because I was friends with them. And then at one of them shouted like, hey, Sputnik, can you like they moved, took the headset up? They're like, hey, Sputnik, can you like chill out? And I just take my headset and I go, it's not personal. You know, I'm just crazy. And uh like the the streamers, the casters just busted out laughing on stream. Yeah, that was it. a that was a really good. I mean, we hugged. at the end of the day, it is a game to have yeah. fun and like well, you know. I mean, I was even like that in sports. Like, I I always wanted to have a good match and play my hardest. I never really wanted to win, but I just like playing. I just like having a good game. Yeah, you just like playing it, and um, so. With you being an Echo and you went to Lane and stuff, had, did you uh, happen to want to go to the the Nepa one that they did in St. Louis for the charity event? So, um, I you know I hosted the Redshift Contenders series, which was the first grassroots LAN. No one knew if the Quest Twos would work, and uh, we took that chance. We did it, and then I hosted the Champion series, and then I was so burnt out I skipped the first Nepa LAN, and now uh, we did the Contender series too. So we did three lands in like 13 months. Mm -hmm. and now I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So I'm all really excited for the Nepa land. I'm really excited. The the next one, that's going to be, when is it? Why do March, I feel like it's April? It, it's something, yeah. Yeah, it's in St. Louis. I'm going to, I was, I was there in St. Louis that day, but I, I don't know. I think the breweries that I was going to, the beer was too good for me to leave and go to the event. So I just kind of just, hopped around and like a lot of the people that i was supposed to see there i'm just like eh. 
you guys will be fine. And then, uh, uh, but I, I'm definitely gonna try and make it to this next one because I need to start going to these these lane events because if not, then it's just like, you know, what am I even doing? Then you know, even talking about uh, VR esports, but I'm gonna be there. So I'm gonna definitely be at the next one because I live right down the road from it. You just need to show up for like 30 minutes, and then just go to the get invites to the after parties. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just give you the the detail because I'm gonna go to the Nepaland. So wherever I go, I'll just tell you where I'm going. Sweet, yeah, we'll definitely uh, have to meet each other in person then. Yeah, like I, I totally look forward to that. Um, and I would have met Olin if I would have went to Miami. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it, it would. Uh, what the hell, man? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I remember uh, you were you 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 were kind of either commenting or messaging or something just before. And uh, I think you were on the fence, I believe, or you were trying to figure some things out. Yeah, I really wanted to make it work, but I, I was just, I just couldn't afford Miami. I couldn't afford yeah. the trip. Like, I, I uh, there's one of the players on my team, and I was like, hey, let me stay at your house. I know you got a guest room. I was like, then I can afford the Miami trip. But uh, no, one of the one of my uh, one of the organization's players for the Redshift Vale team went and uh, had actually, he had a great time. He had a really great time. Uh, X-Labs has taken really good care of Avocado. Uh, you know, big thanks to Tropical. Uh, he's shown Avocado the studios. Avocado went to the barbecue, went to the land for free. And uh, it was a really great experience for him. And I wish I could have shared that with him, but at least like one, at least he got a good opportunity out of it. And, yeah so and there's and it's sounding like they're pushing one for next year so i mean let's double it up let's get you more people like the only thing i would say about the event with with uh super blue super blue was dope for sure but if they plan on going even bigger next year which you know to assume it would like momentum will grow they'll need to get a bigger venue because you know you, you had all and the more teams skills. no well, they had a lot of teams but i guess for the finals yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, they had over a hundred people that competed in this thing to try and make it, but the final was only four teams. Well, I I feel like you know you really have to view this land as like a proof of concept. Like, hey, we were able to because this like everything that X Labs is doing because everyone's operating at a loss in VR. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. like it's pretty much like, hey, advertisers, hey, investors, we can do this, and we just did it so yeah. yeah and i was telling people from the get-go like this lane event since it's been the first one in a while and it was so much hype around an actual game that could potentially be a triple a game if you look at it down the road um when you know they're still in beta with this game it's not even fully released and they just proved that they can have a successful lane event and i was telling people like, like if they failed at this a lot of people would have not looked at vr again for a hot minute well they're actually still in alpha Oh, are they? Yeah, they're still yeah. in alpha. Um, if they the November nineteenth, I think they're saying is going to be public beta. I don't know. Like they were like they were promoting the idea of a beta in like July first or something, mm -hmm. and then they just like kind of pushed it back. I don't know what that was about. Like you could anyone could have seen anyone with any understanding could have seen that they weren't going to hit that that timeline. But I have I have faith that they're going to crush this November nineteenth timeline. And uh, yeah, they, they need the momentum. Everything, like there's so much, they can't lose that inertia. Like they've got so much riding behind them and they just have to keep moving. And if they keep, yeah. if they lose, like they just can't slow down. Yeah, really. 
Yeah, it's like I really wish I, I saw their their bracket and stuff and see like how competitive it really is because people aren't seeing everything else that happened with the events beforehand. All they're seeing is this final. And, you know, I would have loved to seen a big drawn out bracket to actually show them like, hey, this is how Vortex got number one. This is how many teams they had to beat to be here and actually be competing. So I don't like, and and you don't know, Olin, how, how it was set up. They just said, hey, okay, this is the winners. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I knew the, uh, I just, like I said, I was only able to really watch that last, uh, last match. And, uh, that was, you know, it got down to, you know, 10, 10 to 11, 10 to 11, 10 to 11. Uh, but in terms, I don't think, I guess, uh, for me, at least I wasn't following it as closely. Like, of course I was rooting for Homeland and I was rooting for Havoc. Um, and I was, you know, you can tell that like, you know, Wrecked and uh, Vortex were the crowd favorites in general. And then mm -hmm. Royal Strive with them being just a larger org in general, um, you know, you kind of keep an eye on them. But yeah, I don't know. I wasn't paying enough attention, I guess, to the the actual yeah. standings. But it was I mean, like, had... like 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 uh, Sput saying, it's like it's more of just like a proof of concept. And you know, yeah. you had you had like a couple. I think it was two hundred teams or something that that joined in, and a lot of them were just they got together just to be a part of it. And I think that's what like they were kind of going for, like let's let's do this trial run of like we'll, we'll make it happen and we like we know it should work in theory but let's let's make sure we can do it right the the way i view i view a lot of the similarities in the veil uh this whole veil season and the whole ivrl i view a lot of similarities with esl uh i very much feel like and this is kind of pessimistic but this is my take on it the players are props the players yeah. are props so that the or they can do what they need to do to benefit the organization and look good for investors. Like, I mean, I, I don't feel like anyone talks like four years, five years later of Oculus and Meta's down $71 billion. So it's like, I mean, I love what I'm doing and I'm not here for the money, but like at the end of the day, ESL was – a it, ESL was an arm of Oculus to achieve what they wanted to do, uh, and Intel was there in the beginning and the, until Intel pulled out. And um, like it was mainly to say, like, hey, they wanted to to say that this is viable. Invest it, like invest. Like they, everybody put everyone's putting the cart before the horse. I had mm -hmm. actually like, think that through because I'm like, <laughs> but um, they, they put in the cart before the horse, like. You know, what we saw with like Halo and CS 1.6 was this traditional organic growth. Uh, it wasn't until CSGO came out that it reached like this level of critical success that now lands were not at Jimmy's basement, which there's nothing wrong about lands in Jimmy's basement or lands in a convention. Um, but it then took this, the center stage at like a concert hall or something. And... Then the like then PepsiCo threw in, then Frito Lay started like, and then all of a sudden these huge sponsors are there, and I think this assumption that Vale's operating on and that early on Oculus was operating on was that if we create this illusion of success, then we'll find investors, and I mean I don't know what to define the illusion, and I'm not saying anything's like that, but 
you know, fake it till you make it or whatever, be what you want to be, you create that image and you'll find like a la carte investors and like, um, so like I, how I, I, I didn't view Echo Arena as becoming like a pure community. Pure is not a great word, but a pure like motive, like a motive free and like player driven game was until VRML. That's when the players took control of their game. And that's when it became like a more player centric and like competitive environment rather than just being like the arm mm-hmm. of Oculus. I, I don't know, but I, I was thinking what? about. Sorry. So is that kind of what? So what is your ideal type of uh, uh, organization like? Is VRML like your favorite? The one he's ESL? making. The well, one no, he's I, making. I, no, I have a lot of. <laughs> I I don't I don't want to do leagues. Le- a league is a lot of hard work. Um, not even like the production element of the league. Just like. Uh, creating an algorithm or creating a schedule, creating a website, uh, listening to players, administration. Like I never ever want to be in a situation where I'm banning or suspending players. Um, I'm not fit for that. I don't think I'm the personality type and I just don't ever want to deal with that stress. Um, so I have a lot of love for VRML. I have a lot of love for NEPA. I think that all VREL, IVRL, all these orgs are doing great work. Um, and uh, yeah, more power to them. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing is, is that since I've started, these orgs all came out of the woodwork. And I, and I'm thank goodness that it's starting to finally slow down because every time I saw a game come out, just a single game, people were making these random like organizations that they want to build just for this game like hey let's go ahead and start doing this and then they just fall on their face it's like can you guys just like take a moment and really think of like is this a viable product for you to have a league with it's like knock like right when knock came out the people that were in the beta like there were six knock discords that are like come play our thing it's like you don't even have a thousand people playing knock right now and you're trying to get which which league do they want to play which one's the most important one you know i i think that you know, player-driven communities and player-driven leagues are a good thing, you know, but, you know, of course, they're not professionals, uh, and, like, I would barely say I'm a professional in this space, uh, but, you know, with VR, it's that everything's been so homegrown and organic, and there's always been that, that vibe and that feel to it, because we all lack professional, like, we, we are not professionals, we didn't come into this space as professionals, we're learning as we're going, Mm-hmm. so like we're rough around the edges but you know we're gonna make it there and we have to build our own scene because these initiatives to reach out i mean that's what x labs is doing they're they're reaching out to atypical tech investors uh you know if you've seen what tropical has been able to do he's you know he's on the ground he's re- like going to mixers he's talking with mm-hmm. you know face to face with people that may or may not want to invest and he's going to figure that out at the end of the conversation but, you know, he has that kind of can-do attitude that really didn't exist in traditional – hasn't existed in traditional tech, and he's kind of, like, brought this, like, Wild West feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just – he's treading water with new new things he's trying to do. I knew that they even brought people that don't even play VR that are just in the space of gaming, esports, just, just trying to get them to even, you know, like, this is an idea. Let's go ahead and, like – 
see this. Like they should have just at least tried to get like maybe some type of A-list celebrity or somebody that like, like there's been other conversations in other discords with like having a Paul brother come. They're both big on esports, and not only that, but they have huge clout when it comes to their own generation of people. That's where they started from. And now, you know, they're getting in their thirties and they have such a huge following. And like one of them, I know one's cocky and, you know, he, you know, can be a problem or he comes off because that's his persona of that who he's trying to be but he also has a very big esports or uh, not org but esports community where like if you would have got him in there you it's just talking it's it's something you can talk about and with this event like the one thing that I, and i'm not gonna you know they can crucify me if they want for me saying this but there is moments where i feel like yeah did they have success with the tournament did, was it viable will they be able to do it again yes but where where was the added advertisement? Where's what did they get well, out of it besides their own stuff? You know, well, like I, I hate to cut you off, but you have to ask, and I have to ask this: Who is succeeding in this space? Who's succeeding? Who is succeeding? Gorilla Tags is succeeding. Like a few niche developers are succeeding. VR chat. Yeah, they're succeeding. I, like Redshift has existed, but it's not a financial success. Mm-hmm. And like that's what I had to get open about: is that like, hey, like. I never meant to run a business. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, um, and I'm figuring it out every day. Mm-hmm. But it's a great outlet for me to, you know, create, coach, and be a decent influence. But ultimately, like very few people in this space are succeeding. So many companies are just hemorrhaging money. That, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just I don't know, like. Yeah, I think yeah, but... it's uh, right now, like you're saying, with the whole Wild West aspect of it, everybody, it's kind of like, you know, with what, what I'm seeing, the similarities with people making the Discord channels for competitive modes, five different ones, as soon as a beta comes out is like, kind of like, you know, the whole Bitcoin NFT era of, um, you know, it's almost like a scam to a degree. It's not a scam, you know, with these leagues, obviously, but they're just... I want to be the first one to do it. I got to be the first one out there. I'm just going to be the first one to do whatever. I'm just going to, it's easy. I'm just going to go for it. And um, it's going to be crowded now. And over time, I think um, it's going to be more of like the legitimacy of VR is going to be more established. You're going to get people more, more people involved, bigger money. And I think the ones that are actually want to take it seriously and want to do bigger, more creative things will actually stay in the space. And the ones who are just kind of there for their enjoyment, um, it'll turn into more of like a passion project or a hobby more than anything else. And then you'll have those kind of longer standing players. Um, at least that's kind of what I'm seeing. And uh, even for my own space and kind of seeing, you know, I, I'm in the gun stock business and I've, I always keep my ear to the ground and look, all, scour the internet all the time for any anything new coming out, who's doing what. And, you know, you get you get little concepts, especially on Etsy. You know, that's where it starts a lot. And it's just, okay, you look at it and you're like, that could technically work. But, I mean, like, it's not really practical. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, um, yeah, a lot of different that, – that's where I've come from in, in, in seeing that. Um, as far as all this esports stuff, I've always – I'm getting involved with it. That's always what I wanted to do. Uh, I'm still learning about it. And, um, you know. So, but it's, uh, it's interesting to see how many leagues pop up every week. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, they're, and they're the trying. follow of them that. too, the, one of the biggest ones just fell, you know, two weeks ago. And that was 
Um, that was uh, why can't I remember right now? But uh, it's Pop One League just uh, just came crashing down. Um, someone help me out here. Why am I having a blank I, on? I don't know the leagues. <laughs> running a running a league is hard. Yeah. Running a league is so. I do not think that I could successfully run a league. Um, and our you know, league you need a full team and experienced yeah. people and. And you have to have patience because, I mean, you know, this isn't I remember when VR, when it was, you know, high cost, high barrier to entry and it was mostly adults. And then I remember when Quest came and now you have people who don't know how to use computers. They don't don't own a computer and like all these other factors. It's just like, wow. But I also forgot what I was talking about. So (laughs) (laughs) one thing I did want to add too, real quick was that uh, I think there's also a matter of. the the ecosystem in VR is, is still kind of growing in uh growing itself you know you have the people who are grassroots and they want just organic growth and they want to build up the community like wise director for sure he's one of those guys he's an extremely nice dude he's a he's a young kid and he want, he's a hustler and you you'd see him as like a guy who's just trying to create his brand but he's not also he's also just loves VR and after talking with him for about like an hour, hour and a half, you know, saw him a couple of times, you could tell he's just like, he's stoked to be there and just meeting people and just having a good, a good time and just saying, come play this game and, you know, come try VR and come hang out and let's talk about VR and shit. And you have those people. And it's, so it's just a matter of, you know, you're going to, the lanes are going to start to develop for business people. Uh, people just love to enjoy the game, social aspect of it. And, you know, many others. Yeah. And. The one thing that I can kind of say to kind of finalize like them trying to get a successful lane event is I don't know who picks who who goes to those things or who they sponsor, but it's just like it's interesting that you don't see anyone that was an upcoming VR person that they sponsor to bring out there. It's all these old people that have just been in VR that just have followers on their YouTube page or their Twitter or their Instagram. It's just like just because they got followers, you know, I guarantee Havoc and, you know, my, the Twitter that I have in this YouTube thing, it grows over time. Regardless, it's you're going to gain one person well, here and there, even if it's a week. And I feel like they just head chase these big top people. And they're like, all right, you're sponsored. But then it's like, you know, well, that's what, what they, they want, though. That's what yeah. they want. Like they want Exposure. and they, they want that amplification. Uh, and I will say without a doubt, like. Teams are doing more of a social good because, like, we have different aspects. Our teams, you know, I've had a lot of players. Like, we recently just dissolved. I dissolved all the Redshift teams. We have no – we're not doing any more teams. I cannot take on new players. I cannot coach. Mm-hmm. I don't have the energy for it. It doesn't make us money. So I'm done with teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've – I met – like, we developed Chewy. Chewy – like Chewy is like this. I don't know if you've seen Chewy. Uh, he plays Vale. He's he's like a phenom. Uh, you know, we we brought him into the scene. He and he messaged me the other, the other day. Like I got messages from Chewy saying like I'm grateful that like you created this team and you, I had this chance and now I have something that I excel at. And then Avocado was also go to the able to go to the barbecue. He was able to hang out with Tropical. He was able to make connections. And that's at least two good things that that Redshift Veil team accomplished. Mm-hmm. That's a social good. Like that's a that's like we're not helping anyone's bottom line. 
our teams, like we're not helping anyone's, like if if I'm, I'm gonna curse, like we're not fucking helping anyone's bottom line. We're not gonna pump up your fucking metrics and get you more website clicks. But if you're talking about raising a community or raise like creating a community and like helping people and creating experiences, that's what teams are doing. We're building our community. We're not mm-hmm. helping your bottom line. Eventually, we'll help your bottom line. But if you want your communities to be meaningful, if you want your experiences to have worth, then recognize the value of VR esports and all the hard fucking work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like I did, the one thing that I don't like to see sometimes is that you have all these great teams that one they they don't establish an organization with themselves. They are just a team, and sometimes they use names or images that are copyrighted that they can't even be used if they even get to a big lane event because they're like you know that that image is copyrighted we can't use it you know just to pick on one team it's like they literally use the supreme image for their logo it's like if you ever go to a major event they're like we cannot show that or broadcast that because it's copyrighted but it's like the the biggest downfall i've seen is teams not doing stuff like this like doing a podcast or even interacting with other people or even just having a social media account. You know how many times I see really good players that don't even get their content put out there. So guess what? In the next three years, you're if you do not keep excelling in that game, no one's going to remember who you are. You know, what's the point of even playing if you're not going to have your content out there being behind an org? And so it's it's a uh, it's interesting why like for Vale, like they luckily they got teams that are established. You know, Vortex has a good following. Strive has a good following. Rekt is very good, and I believe Onward, right? They're like one of the number one teams in Onward is at Pavlov. Well, yeah. I saw Rekt created a Twitter. I, Olin, take it. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no I was just uh, – I think I'm pre- I thought it was Pav for sure. But, um, yeah, that's all. That's all I was saying. <laughs> so, like, ultimately, like, all of our orgs – I mean, those I, – I, the only, like, real orgs I would say that are active right now – are Redshift, Havoc, Disorient, this one named Every Key, this, but like they're not like we, there are so few like you can't ex, like the players should be playing. So I, I want to say I disagree with your opinion on like what's the point if you don't have content. Ultimately, every player should be playing because they enjoy what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because there's no money here. There's no money. Um. Like that twenty thousand dollars going to uh vortex the ten thousand and five thousand that's the biggest prize pool that I think that eclipses what eclipse made in echo arena i like i like they didn't make that much in e s l and no nor did the onward team like like there is and like, honestly all- by the way like that's not even that much money that's it's like not. for a, a for you know vortex for example they're grown men. They're paying rent. That's yeah. like they they'll get it's what five thousand dollars, fifteen hundred, five thousand. No, get thousand. They bucks. split it That's between six, didn't rent. they? Then they split it between six people. I don't know. Honestly. I mean, they, they might have, have thrown a sub. The, yeah. yeah, they might have thrown the sub a bone. Well, you know? it's, just, it's it, they they under like so. That's the what I wanted to emphasize too is like this wasn't this wasn't about the money at all. It was just about the experience like this is the first of its kind to a degree like you know you had a esl doing onward and it's cool to see that but at the same time it was such a long time ago so it's easy to kind of forget that that happened yeah and uh i think that and, and it was, it was so 
could you touch on were you a part of the ESL thing for Onward? Because like that's like the first go to everybody thinks when they think about esports in VR. I remember aside from Echo. Like I remember watching them compete. Like uh so VR Master League was the first league and VR Master League was able to because I, I, we we would see eventually Oculus would acquire Downpour Studios, but Oculus always had their sights on Onward and they had to go through VRML. Uh, Oculus made ESL go through VRML and take VRML talent and like work within their league because ESL was already doing a poor job of actually like administering their league and running a league. Uh, like there was this meme that was like file a ticket, file a ticket, and then like their <laughs> turnaround, their turnaround for, on tickets was horrendous, like a week. Um, so I, yeah, I, I remember when VRML got involved, and VRML is still around to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the grassroots they seem like grassroots they are like i freaking have a, a soft spot in my heart for those people because they they do a fantastic job and i know like a lot of the people that are part of the board and stuff and it's just like it is older styled vr people that has been in the scene for so long and they made this but it's just like what are they really doing anymore like i think you know echo is the only thing that's really got a huge following for them they got really good casters and they got good talent, but anymore it's like their talent is just kind of just withering away. And I hate to see, you know, them go away, like especially for Vareal that's coming up where their content and their talent for casting as well is phenomenal. You I, know? I don't know about Onward. I've watched a few Onward casts here, but like the Echo Arena is still like we, there was a, there was like a few, down weeks like two three weeks ago and i started coaching new casters and i got like i took four casters from like zero to 60 in like a week and get like they were ready to go on air mm-hmm. um you know it's it's a volunteer league like no one's getting the only people that i can imagine that have money right now are ivrl but that's just a speculation and i don't know but yeah. all of these leagues are volunteer so like, there's a there is something I want to uh, I'll talk with you after the show. I have an idea about you know doing something like that, bringing together the the social aspect of like wanting to just help people in general, um, especially in VR. For like I, I've I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Like for me, I've always wanted to play competitive, um, but you know with you know the father figure. He's more emphasized on physical sports. You know, you see video games is like, that's just, you know, that's video games. That's not competitive. So I was never really able to get into this scene and then, you know, start at a younger age. And then even now it was still kind of difficult um, to navigate and find where to go to really start being a part of organizations and being a part of uh, leagues and stuff and developing a team and finding coaches. I think coaches to a lack of coaches is really something that, um, you know, I hope gets changed soon in vr um but yeah i think people need more of that they like especially younger generations because those can be the ones that are going to be on the stage in you know five to ten years like nadix he's a machine kid kids like him and you know at our booth there was a kid maybe three feet tall everybody you know about 20 and over were struggling like jake lucky he couldn't figure out how to rack his gun Super nice guy, but like he he was just struggling with VR. It's not for everybody, but it's always the young kids. Like you know, my nephew, my niece, a few little kids at our booth. They picked it up and just started chucking guns in the air, shooting cans like no problem, like in the air. 
And like, that's where it's going to be. And I think that teaching them how to just, how to, you know, use your brain on top of your skill and then where to go to be a part of these things is going to be what, what the community needs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, especially for all the people that don't use discords, a lot of kids don't even know what discord is. Yeah. I know a lot of them do, but they don't. I felt like a kid. Cause I didn't know I, I was <laughs> yeah. struggling with discord for a little bit. Yeah. And so, um, there is websites out there. Like, uh, one person I'm really good friends with is pesky cashew and he has a website out there called vrssports.info. And out there, it actually tells you like some of the earnings that are being made throughout VR. And so I'm just going to list off some of the statistics really quick because I know that you said, yeah, I do agree with you. Yeah, money is slim in VR, but there is still things you can do. And on this website, he actually shows where every league is at, how to be part of it. Even uh, like solo things as well that make you money. Like Rezzle Player right now is a game that is made by i believe a european company that was made for just like teaching people how to play sports better in vr and so they have like a like a five thousand ten thousand dollar monthly freaking tournament that he's like so far pesky is number one in the leaderboard and most of the money from Rezzle player he's earned fifteen thousand dollars that's a lot of money but now if you look at the prize pool and they haven't put on ivrl yet that was for veil but onward so far is at one hundred and twenty three thousand dollars Echoes at 95, uh, 95, 900, yeah, $95,000, almost $100,000. Echo Combat is almost at $50,000. Space Junkies at $30,000. Rezzle Players at $25,000 given away. But then you got the leagues as well. You got like VR Masters League. So far, they've given away $20,000. For real, like they've only given away $1,000 so I, far. I don't know how Echo Combat has had fifty k though. I don't, I don't know. It says 46,800, and I'll it looks to... like it only happened one time. That – there was only like – It's called it's called Echo Combat S3 Finals. Season 3, yeah, that's where I was. I competed in that, but that was only – there was only like 15K. So it says VR Espawn won 20,000. Ballistry or Blist – Blurst with, a, with an explanation yeah. got 12,000. Kangaroo – Kangarillas got seven thousand, and then Team Gravity looks like they split that third place, third four split that seven thousand. Oh so, yeah, there was that much. Yeah, I, I guess I just forgot. I forgot so, Respawn made twenty k. So yeah, so there's it's definitely it can be viable as long as the right people are putting together, you know. Because well, no, no, I I disagree with that, and I hate to cut you off, but good. the only reason that money existed was because Oculus paid ESL. Mm-hmm. Oculus paid for all ESL to exist. If you go back, uh, well, originally it was Oculus and Intel. Intel was around for season one, and then Intel pulled out after season one because this guy called. This is this was my take on it at the time, but. The guy who left, the guy who made, so the people who made ESL happen were like David Yee, a few other people, and um, this guy at Intel named Jeffrey Clark. So I think that, I'm pretty sure it was that guy, and then like he left Intel, and then Intel pulled out of the deal and then season t- two didn't have a sponsor and season three didn't have a sponsor and a sp- never sp- another sponsor never came in 
Like it all seems that... like a tough sponsor to have too. For you know, they have like everybody has Snapdragon in their headsets, and you don't use. Well, I guess you use a PC to play, but they're trying to go for standalone, so it's kind of like. Well, it really was just Oculus would take it. I, I imagine they were just looking for any type of person that wanted to throw in money, mm-hmm. and and uh, like I always say that what ESL did was it astroturfed the scene. Um, and that was putting the cart before the horse. Like there was no esports grew and traditional esports worked because there was already like ten years of demand before CS:GO got there. When CS:GO hit that, then it was like then the the huge powder keg went off. Uh, when VR gaming started, there was no interest. So Oculus paid to create the ESL seasons to make it look like there was interest or at least create that community out of nothing. No, it's funny too, is this is another thing I've said, and I've, I, I, I've kind of been wary about, especially with Vale. I mean, I love the team. I love what they're doing. They're doing a great job with it, but I, you know, there's a series on YouTube and they, they talk about, you know, what made games die and things like that. And a lot of the recurring theme was, you know, they tried to push an esports scene immediately right out of the gate, even with Overwatch. They put a lot of money into that, got a lot of big sponsors, and the game itself was just lacking in a lot of ways, and they weren't naturally growing. They didn't let leagues form on their own and then make sure there's, a, like, let the let the community do it for you. Let them understand what they need and how to make it work, and then you can develop it. And uh, it, it is where it is now because they try to just pump a lot of money into it and then just kind of crashed and burned. That's, like, the biggest example. Well, but, I don't, I don't think... I don't think what ESL did. I don't think. Well, ESL doesn't care. They got a check. They got. They went on. They moved on. I don't think what Oculus did was bad. Like it was compared to their seventy-one. I can't. I don't know what money, how much money they spent, but compared to like their R and D losses and everything over these past few years, I'm sure it was like a couple million. But what they did was they were able to create people like me and people like you guys, or like. I know at least they created like the first wave of people that would then kind of like champion this, this community and create these leagues. Uh, if I didn't compete in ESL, I wouldn't have stayed around and been a caster and created rich or created redshift. So like, I think what Oculus did was a smart, smart, smart move. So you mentioned redshift. And so, and we're talking about all these other leagues and stuff. Um, so how will Redshift be different, like combating against all of the other leagues or or organizations around? Like, what's going to set you different? To like, are you going to be doing personal lane events? You're going to do like just because of the the casting that you know that you can do because you coach casters and you can put a good production on. Like, what, what what's your plans with that? So, like right now with Redshift, I have to do. I have to. The only things I can work on are things that actively will will make money um because i at least want to like try and make back the money i lost on all these events and everything and every like just running this like i never intended to run a business uh, i threw the first land because i wanted to see it happen and then i just kind of got caught in, mm-hmm. uh, in doing them so uh let me check the tweet because i i can't think which of was title. contender series uh which one the first one or the second so I'm, I'm just seeing. There looks like there's been two, right? Yeah. So I did three lands. I did 
Contender Series 1 in June of 2021. Then I did Champion Series, which was all my work, uh, where I did, like, every element of production. I, like, automated everything. And uh, then the last one we did was Contender Series 2, uh, where, like, uh, we had another person running, like, cams and direction. Okay. Uh, but I don't want to do any more lands. They don't make money. Like, they, they, I, they, they get revenue, but they don't make profit. Like, uh, we just can't. I just. Yeah, I just. Why do you think that is, though? Like, I'm not a good businessman. Oh, I'm just because, you know, like. It just takes people to, like, show the stuff that you have going on at a lane event, just like get some type of money or like any type of like Twitch production, like, you know, getting subscribers or even paying, you know, getting people to pay a certain fee, you know, at the door and stuff. And so um, I know that you've talked to you have like new things coming out for Redshift esports, right? Like what's yeah. your next day if you're not doing lane events? So uh, we're going to uh, hold on. Let me find the link uh, just so I can read. So we're doing in-house tournament event, online tournament events. So that hasn't changed. That's what we did in the past. Uh, produce tournament and broadcast. We did that for Vail. Uh, we inadvertently ended up doing that for them. But uh, we did that nonetheless. So uh, a game or an organization or another esports org can say, hey, I want you to run tournament organization and I want you to put on a broadcast. Or they're like, hey, we'll run tournament organization. You put on a broadcast. And then we'll quote them and we'll do it. Uh, Then we can hire out casting if they just want one component. Uh, We can also create broadcast packages, like stream packages, broadcast packages. So if you're Mm -hmm. a league, like if you're a league or if you're – like an esports org that needs five packages for the streamers under your brand, I'll create everything and create automation, and then I'll walk you through it and provide a year of support. Uh, then merchant apparel because I like I like making stuff, and mm-hmm. um, and then we also have broadcast tools, so that's software development that we're doing. So like, and then content creation because that drives content creation drives everything now. So um, is lit like is so for example with live are they considered like uh, someone you'd want to like work with to help with broadcast tools? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the thing is, I don't know if they'd want to work with me. Like, there are a lot of like, because I there's nothing that I can offer them that they don't they don't already have the skill set for. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, the, know, that's where that's where the businessman in my like at least for me in my head, I would just be like, you're just gonna this is another trial run for you and you know this is maybe more experimentation and this is exposure if we we come up then you will obviously come up it's an investment and like you just show that you guys work hard and you have like a system i mean there's always that opportunity for sure so i mean sell yourself short (laughs) yeah yeah i I, know i i agree i agree i definitely agree but i think that you know the fact that I'm learning how to run a more, like, as I go along, I'm running a more by the book business and actually like, running a business rather than like some hobby, some mm-hmm. hobbyist thing under an LLC. Uh, then I, I, I'll eventually feel more comfortable reaching out to them. But uh, I need to get to a point where I have enough money that I can afford to consult with an attorney on a few things and then I can enter into deals. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, Early, like I've entered into a lot of bad deals, bad contracts over my time in VR esports, and uh, 
I'm not too apt. Like I'm not very, yeah, I'm not, my legal aptitude is not high. So I, I've always had a tendency just to get, you know, fucked over. So I'm like, that's what kind of like, I've always kind of stayed in my lane because of that. And now I'm like, Hey, I can't continue to stay in this lane because mm-hmm. there's no success here. So out of all of VR though, with casting, broadcasting, uh, getting out word word of mouth, getting people watching these broadcasts as well. Like what, what do you think VR is missing most? Why it's not succeeding as much as it should, because with like veil, like you should like, it should have had way more people viewing it. And, and not only that, and you know, who knows on if, if it was like money time, I know that they set this up so quickly, but I feel like if you're going to do an event like that and you're spending all the money for production the be an Elaine event, they, I didn't see any advertisement for it. Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. There is no, ad- there are no advertisers that are interested. Um, like if you go back and watch ESL, everything except for season one is completely devoid of any advertisers. It's not like it's not that they didn't reach out to the advertisers. It's that the advertisers said, "Hey, there's really no player base. Like we we see through this." Uh, ultimately, like I think it comes down to putting the cart before the horse. Is that you know we love what we're doing. We're all VR enthusiasts. Uh, we are community builders. We are small businessmen. Um, uh, we're not small business. We were just small men who are, have a business. No, I'm just <laughs> but uh, no, like, uh, but you know, we're all these things. But really, the demand's not there. Like the users aren't there. If the users were there, then all these businesses like Meta wouldn't be hemorrhaging money. So like we're here. Like I changed my mentality a while ago to, like a year ago to I'm here because I like being here. Mm-hmm. If it blows up, it blows up. If it doesn't, so be it. But if it doesn't, then I at least have to make sure that I'm not hemorrhaging money with my organization. I'm not homeless yeah. by the end of all of it. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, uh, I mean, I love what I do, and I love all doing all this, but I need to segue this into some type of, you know, production or, like, if, it, like if, it could, if a, I don't know, a community manager role. I need to eventually segue this into some type of job in the space. Mm-hmm. But... Like, I don't know. I, I haven't really reached out. I haven't really sent my resume everywhere. So maybe I'll do that within the next year. But uh, that's what I mean. If, if the for me, at least with uh, this, uh, this lane event, my biggest takeaway from it was, um, you know, I've started developing relationships recently, uh, especially with Matt. Um, you've been often otherwise. Thank you. And, you know, going to this, this event was uh as soon as i got back you know i was exhausted i I still didn't get any sleep and you know i i could just my mind kept thinking about okay who are these other orgs i should be reaching out to who who did i miss out that i didn't get a chance to have a word with um how can i reach out to them you know like how do i do this and that and i I, i'm starting to see the the like i i kind of already knew but like now it's more apparent that the value of connections is extremely important like is if you just meet good people and you guys have the same intentions, things will happen. It's just a matter of someone's got to initiate that conversation. And the more people you can't do it, you can't do it all on your own. It's just impossible. And the more people you have on your side, the better you get good people. And that's how good things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've always had this mentality that, you know, with everyone that's worked with Redshift, like, 
we've never had anyone internally that says like, hey, they've been screwed over. Like the one thing that I tell everyone is like, hey, like I, I can't pay you. Like no one's making money. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a well, caveat for a lot of people for sure. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I, and I tell them, it's like, hey, like, and if if you're prioritizing the time that you put into this organization and you're suffering in school or like in your, like, you need to readjust because this is not, you're not, the, the, like, I don't have, there's not a foreseeable future that I can, that I can imagine in the immediate that I can make you, uh, I can get you a livable wage. If I can't mm-hmm. get someone a livable wage, if I can't pay someone a livable wage, I won't ask for their help. Um, and uh, that, you know, I really wish that I could operate with a little looser on my principles on that. But like, but, like I don't know, I end up taking a lot of work. But if I can't pay someone what they're worth, then I'm not going to ask them to participate. Or if like they don't understand that, like, hey, like that you're working or you're learning a skill or like maybe we'll get paid. Like, even if we do get paid, like, I give you your fair share. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. like, the, the, somebody will make a big donation on Twitch. But, you know, everyone operates under that expectation that, hey, like, there there won't be any earnings. Yeah, and that's why you just got to find people that you can, you know, jive with that they're not expecting that. You know, like, when Olin and I became, you know, really close to each other and then, like, uh, being a sponsor for Havoc for Gunstocks, you know, that's like the number one, it's the number one gunstock that we use for our team is his, you know, his gunstock. But, you know, we made the decision like, hey, we're starting up to, to this. Let's, you know, let's bring each other up at the same time. If you don't find people like that, they're not even worth the time anyways, because it's like the number one reason why I do not have an Echo team, because they are little money grabbers. They all are like, especially since Nepa showed up, they ruined Echo players. Like, I used to, I've had like three or four different teams and they all left because they see NEPA. They're like, they're all getting paid to, uh, you know, I think it's two grand a season uh, as a pro player, sometimes even more, if you're, you know, if you're your star player or a captain and I go, what, where am I going to get two grand? Like, I'm not, I don't even well, own a team like that. It's like, well, the, the one thing what are you doing? Good, <laughs> well, the, the one thing that I always tell that like everyone that, Everyone that's played in Redshift plays in NEPA, and a lot of them get paid. And I've always given them my perspective, like, hey, this is like everyone in Redshift knows how, like, knows the history of everything. They understand like how things work, and they also understand that, like, you know, you know, NEPA's like doing NEPA's doing good work, and then NEPA needs to find some success to continue to be able to provide, uh, but. Uh, really it the these children and these young adults really don't have a sense of like how things are operating and how no. businesses operate no. and they're like they're like oh they have 200 dollars it's like that's that's not going to exist forever if they, this, this business can't find success yeah and that's um, that's one thing it's you have to there's a certain point where there's a line that's got to be drawn like you it's a league and you want to be for the community but ultimately like if we want to keep doing this we we have to be a business we have to make money because we can't do this for five years straight if we're not being able to feed our family or and you know like keep paying rent and um you know there's that fine there's just a line that's got to be drawn and um yeah i think uh yeah that kind of differentiates leagues like the some of them 
see it as like just a full business. Other them see it as like I, I've I've heard like VRML be called like a beer league. I'm not 100% familiar with VRML. I've heard a few things here and there, um, but like you know, it, there's just there's it's just what do you want out of it? What do you really want out of it? You want to just keep doing it for fun? You got the time? Then make it happen. But like if uh, if you want to make money, you want to fund yourself while playing games, then there's a business aspect to it, and you got to be you have to be responsible. You got to be somewhat of an adult to keep it going mm-hmm. for the yeah, younger I just, generation. I just think that you know it's this is all everything is a startup. Like every other every business is, business that is established is a startup. We're all existing in sea a sea of startups. Yeah, and it's like you know has anyone really had success yet? Uh, but like, I think VR Master League is doing a lot of things right. Um, they, they have, they have been a huge help with my events and they've made my events possible when I needed the help. And they, I think they're, they, they of course want to succeed as a business and operate as a business, uh, and stay in the black, which, you know, that's understandable. Um, but they also balance it out with like with a, a lot of good. Like they'll support a lot of organizations that are mm-hmm. trying to make stuff happen in this space. So uh I'll have a lot of respect for the VR Master League. Yeah. 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 And they they've been around for, you know, longer than most of them. And so we're getting all these new people that come up. And it's like even if you look at the history of like VRML, like NEPA came from VRML. Their branch that was actually part of them, I believe that they actually before they 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 went and tried to do this one time before and then it didn't work and then they backed off and i think they went back in the production and then they actually made nepa which was actually uh you know somewhat successful with what their what their brand and their idea you know timber the the ceo of of nepa has good ideas you know and he has a really good uh you know back history with them as well but he's you know he's a you know he's a business guy you can he you can he bleeds and see, you know, everything about him is business. You know, when I had him on a podcast, he came in and had a suit on. And I'm just like, this is not my average thing, like playing with VR bros and stuff like, you know, VR, uh, you know, influencers and stuff like that. Like they just aren't going to come wearing a suit. But um, the thing with it, though, is that I've noticed that the teams that they built and all the the they all seem like they are really close friends. And like I was even going to invest into having a team as well but it was like so much money and i'm just like if you can give me how much money i'm going to make in the next five years an actual price evaluation of my investment of getting a team then i might do it but they're like no we can't do that yeah there's no data no data and i'm like i'm not you might use this arbitrary number you're just yeah i mean mean, that's that's the nature of startups though like we're all embracing a lot of risk uh i mean everyone's embracing a lot of risk they're operating within a incredibly risky environment uh and market like the technology hasn't even been you know declared a success yet like we're we're still in like the first 10 years of television rolling out but um, i i i that's something that i would personally disagree on um not just being uh in the business but uh, the numbers don't lie for sure. Uh, and it, it, from what I've seen, you know, like 10 million headsets last, what was it last year for Christmas time, more headset or more 
gaming consoles sold than any other platform like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, all of them in one period, like for all. And uh, and that's like because Mark Zuckerberg, you know, I don't want to get into that, dude. But I think that there is it's right now it's uh, it's like in that in that awkward phase of like it's going through puberty to a degree. Like uh, there's that startup phase, you know, there. There is like you you know it's gonna in my head. This is just me speaking from my personal opinion. Like in my head, it's like you know it's gonna be good. You know how fast it's, like the technology has been developing. Um, the from once we fully get to the point where you don't need a PC to have a really perfectly solid gaming experience, stream, play with your friends, do everything you want to do while not requiring a PC. That's when it's really gonna take off, and also getting current esports orgs flat screen esports orgs involved that's where i see like that's like the uh the big fish or whatever you want to call it. it's like once we get them involved and get their entire audience of those committed people who love hardcore east like esports in general then that the title start to shift and i think it's going to be there's going to be a place for both uh flat screen and vr esports it's going to be two totally different vibes you know Oh yeah, but um, I mean, I'm just talking about like the market more. So, like, I'm not. I've I've been like talking beyond VR esports, like beyond like being a player, and more so like what it means for organizations and like for the whole market, like for developers, uh, like the, everything gotcha. in itself, like the whole holistics. Um, gotcha. but I get caught but, up in the esports a lot. Like, I've been having yeah. a lot of my brain. Yeah, recently. I mean, that's basically <laughs> that's all I do is esports. Like, I think that, uh. I think that the future of VR is commercial use and uh, like job training, uh, therapy, and really simulations. And I really just think that games are just a means to get to that. Like now, like we you had all these gamer like CV one was the first gamer like headset, you know, before they had like shit that NASA would use. And then, then they had well, it was consumer consumer version one. It was consumers, and then they had the Quest and Quest One, and then you had Vive and Index. Those are all built for gamers, like really, essentially their their market and demographic is gamers with like the occasional commercial usage here and there. And now you got the Cambria Pro or whatever, the Quest Pro, and you know if commercial VR doesn't really work, I don't know, I don't know how the market how it's gonna go uh like vr isn't a success yet and i'm that that's my take on it but at any time like i i very much believe that at any time all of this could come crashing down uh the Damn. Yeah. that's like that's you're honestly the first person that's kind of had that opinion that's surprising yeah i think that um at least from what i've heard yeah i i just think that this is a really like we know PC gaming and traditional gaming is there, and we all. But this is like beyond gaming. This is like really the health of the industry, and like this is I'm really a layman. Like I'm not an insider, but like I I do enough market research and business research. Uh, though I don't know how to run my own business, um, but really, it's not easy for sure. It, yeah, but you know, you know people. There's been talk, you know, seventy-one billion dollars. Meta, Meta's in a bad state. Like, like I, and the, the, that's a publicly traded company. We've got all these private companies that we don't know what their financials are. So you have to assume everyone's operating as badly as the top dog is. 
Yeah. Uh, like that's just like Optimus Razor. But um, yeah, I, I I could absolutely be massively wrong. But I've been a lot more bearish on everything lately. Uh, and that's why I had to like change my attitude and just really embrace what we have for what we have in the community for what we have and be respectful and appreciative. Yeah. And I, I want to add to that because I, I see the other spectrum. You know, I'm very optimistic when it comes to especially the future of VR. And yeah, they're they're going to have their commercial use. You know, I, I don't disagree that um, it's going to be going commercial, even like possibly bring them into actual physical elementary school, middle schools, high schools, and trying to teach people using a VR headset because it'll be hands-on. It'll be a different type of learning. Like that's going to be in the future as well. But I think there's always going to be a, a space for esports, and who knows? It might not be standalone headsets in the future. It might be you still need a PC because in my in my version of the future, PlayStation, Xbox are out the door, but PC gaming will never leave the scene uh, just because it has such a huge following. the The PC technology, like with the with the forty ninety coming out, it is blowing things out of the water, which is going to prove so much things. So many games are becoming out that are beautiful. But then these people that are playing PC VR, you know, I'll be building my PC with 4090 and I guarantee that it will give me some sort of a better experience than having a, a Quest headset on. And yeah, you know, eventually they might make a headset where you have uh, your CPU. I'm sorry, just really I hate to interrupt you. I got to step away for just one minute. I'm sorry You're good. I to interrupt you. I'm going to stop He's... my video. So anyways, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that I don't think that esports is going to go away anywhere. I think that VR esports scene, it's going to have a, a harder time if, if someone doesn't figure out the algorithm, because I think all we're doing is looking for the proper algorithm. You know, it's just like making like a TikTok, you know, how TikToks are boom, like these normal people now that have no following can make one video. And next thing you know, they're freaking, you know, one of the freaking those girls that are dancing. It's just like VR is going to have one thing that's going to explode the scene. It may or may not. But, you know, I definitely don't think that it's just going to one day just halt production. And it, it just it's well, not going to happen anymore. So are you talk about just esports or like I'm talking about everything VR. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about yeah. everything VR. I like right. I we haven't even seen true AAA gaming yet in a VR space. And that's right. That's right around the corner. Not only that, but we haven't seen a huge influencer like Dr. Disrespect or Ninja or, or, or Shroud or any of those people coming into the scene yet and making videos. You know, why, why would they when? I, <laughs> I, I don't think that we should. Like, I, I see what X Labs has done and, they've like on the ground reached out to influencers and used their existing bases to amplify. But I really think that eventually these products have to stand on their own to have success. And we, I thought they would have, I would, I thought that the technology itself would have been able to sell it and keep users in the headset and people bought the headset, but it's how long are they using the headset? Uh, you've seen this trend with a lot of, People buy their headsets, they spend 10 hours in it, and they never return to it. Um, if What's the age group on that, though? That's got to be people, you know, the, if you look I, at these kids that are 13 and, and then say 13 to 20 range right now, they are what's going to make VR the biggest thing. And as you saw last year, they had the biggest uh, sold product on the market was the Oculus. One, just because the PlayStation was almost impossible to get. Same with the Xbox. 
um you couldn't get a freaking gpu to save your life you know computers were out to shit and so all they had were these these oculus headsets and that's why i got an oculus headset because i couldn't find a playstation 5 and so i'm just like i want something this something different so i bought it bought an oculus headset and it blew me away but i also have been in esports for 15 years and i knew exactly what games to play to actually you know build a scene like i built for havoc you know i found population one and i go this is where i'm starting this is my baseline and then look, within like the first like couple of months of Population One, even uh, it came out in 2020 in October, I believe. And by December, Havoc got third place in the Invitational out of like five teams that are in it. So it's like, um, but a game like what really I think from Population One is the the pinnacle that even started the domino effect that hasn't even ended yet. I saw so many teams like Vortex, um, Disorient. And all of them, they came, you know, driven from Population 1. They just kickstarted. Now you have Veil. You have Ghost of War that's coming out that's going to be, you know, like Tarkov. You have games that actually have good funding. Like, if you look at Veil, that guy, Tropical, got so much freaking money from investors that he doesn't even know what to do with it. You know, he does. Obviously, he does. I'm just saying that as a retrospect. But we're just seeing the, the tipping point of what VR esports is going to be because – we're we're nowhere near the top no nor are we at the ground level i think it started with echo and th then it went population one and then now you have all these first person shooters you know you have other t people like uh, uh fortnite like they're going to make a vr game you have things like that that are going to be coming into the scene and i think that that's really where it's going to kick off and i think another thing is going to kick off is if someone gets sponsored like a like a, say like redshift got sponsored by red bull gaming you know that's a huge thing to be picked up by and they already are on talks with people in vr so um yeah i mean i i do agree and i see your your perspective um i'm just you know i i want to ask this one question though um to kind of get a greater understanding of how how, how you view this um so you know originally you know we always had this idea with echo arena vrml and everything that you know we're going to get to this point where it, it blows up we're going to keep we're going to get to this point it's going to happen next year it's going to happen next mm -hmm. year and you know what we're doing in vr esports is a very niche niche thing it's very niche sport yeah. and I kind of look at other stuff like. So, like, you remember, like, competitive rollerblading, rollerblading, and, like, doing tricks, like, early 90s extreme sports. Rollerball? Well, yeah, well, there were, well, there was rollerblading and there was skateboarding. And they were both very, very niche sports for years. Like, roller, skateboarding existed in the 70s, the 80s, and only in the early 90s, the late 90s, did it reach critical success, become, like, as popular as soccer. Mm -hmm. uh, like, or the status of soccer as a legitimate sport. And rollerblading didn't hit that. Rollerblading, so they exist at the same time. Peace with this, and I'm all right with this. Would you be all if VR esports never had the skateboarding and just instead was just rollerblading, like we just had our own niche and we just enjoyed what we did with the resources we have. I think regardless, people are going to find their scene that they want to be in. 
you know, like for me, for, for Havoc, like as of right now where I stand, I will probably never have an Echo team ever again. Um, and that, you know, and that's well, this just... Is... This is beyond echo. This I is know. Beyond... I'm just, yeah. oh, geez. I just saw a full face. <laughs> I'm just saying in general, like, like say, like, echo never came out or, or anything. Or, like, for, like, skateboarding compared to rollerblading, I think that it would have been a huge culture shock difference of, you know, growing up in the 90s, skateboarding was the biggest thing ever. That's where you had Tony Hawk. You had all these, uh, you had, like, Pro Skater, which was a huge video game. You know, what would they have for rollerblading, you know? Like, let's well, go around it. Well, um, but the point, uh, like the, the point I was making was that we all want this to blow up, but what if it doesn't blow up and it's just our own little scene? Like I'll we, still be around. Like I'll still be fine with it. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It to me, it won't phase me because the community that I've built and the communities that I'm also in, um, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm comfortable with that because I I I found some of my closest friends in VR and the community that I built. You know. Um, I'll still have teams. I'll still play competitively. Um, but if it never becomes the biggest thing, then sorry, guys, you're just never going to get a freaking dime out of me. <laughs> you know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> it's just like, you're just going to have to come to the realization that if you want to be making a, a lot of money in esports, then go buy a PC and learn how to play one of those games because it's not going to happen here. But in my opinion, like I said, I think that with the game, like Population One, that kickstarted a lot of teams and a lot of productions, is we are literally just knocking down the first dominoes of what something could be great. And yeah, it, it could be one of those dud dominoes where it's like, it just stops there and someone just got to eventually push it again. A couple of like, you know, down the road, because it's, I don't think it's going to die. I think too many people have invested too much money into VR alone to let it die. Um, now do you have people like, Mark Zuckerberg that makes horrible business decisions in the VR space with XR and stuff like that and is losing investors. But I think in, in the bottom line, people need to stop looking at his company and stop seeing the failures that they're making because you have other products that are becoming a, you have the, the Decker that's going to be coming out. It's going to be a phenomenal headset. That game will be for gaming. It's not going to be for commercial use. You could use it for meeting and stuff, but that game is going for be for high speed gaming. You have the Pico Neo, you know, it's coming out and has better tech than, uh, the quest it's somewhat similar there's no reason to go out and buy it because it is the same hardware but you are also in 4k you know they do have that that's different from the quest you have htc vibe that's still got to come out with something decent you have other glorious pc vr headsets that are only made for for gaming and i just think that eventually we're going to start seeing bigger games coming in and bigger productions but i think People are too busy looking at what already exists in the space of esports with with PC gaming, uh, like Call of Duty and all that. They're just like, it blew up so fast. Well, guess what? When when games like Fortnite came out, there was already over a hundred million people playing the damn you know the console. It's not that hard for a game like that to explode because there, for one, Discord really it wasn't around. You know, it was it started in like 2015, but you're you're not going there for, like we do for our games in VR. Those people are sitting there and they're just like, it's all word of mouth because there's so many people that have that's that it can be accessed that. But now if you look at VR, yeah, over so many millions of people bought a headset last Christmas. But you know what? I told this to Ruck up when he was on here. They're all getting in an elevator and walking off a damn plank. Stop 
exposing yourself to to things like that and ruining your experience because a lot of people they freaking get hurt i see some of his hilarious videos that he posts they fall on the walls and stuff like that but like me i got into a game that i knew that i could comfortably play with and that was population one and you know i think that people just need to get the right direction when it comes to vr i think we post way too much shit that ruins you know any progression of saying this is what truly what vr is this is that's what dude you're literally saying what ivrl is doing they're literally trying to put on a show and say this is what we're trying to make it on like Mm -hmm. mainstream like we want imagine this but times like 20 or whatever like that's what they're showing like it is possible it is doable yes right now it's not as easy to get access to um because you know the headsets they're using thousand bucks pcs they're using probably 15 two grand Mm -hmm. and uh but like it will get there and that's i mean for me at least that's why i had i i personally just have a lot of faith um in it and i i i uh i'm just i i think that with a lot of things you just got to just keep telling yourself like it's gonna work it's gonna work and you got to keep that mentality to degree uh, my girlfriend she gives me shit for it a lot of times she's just like because i i do worry about some things every now and then she's like you gotta you gotta stop putting it out in the universe and it does sound a little bit cheesy but you know what it's true like you mm-hmm. you you gotta like manifest it in your brain and just tell yourself it's gonna happen and well, if it doesn't happen then okay but you know yeah. you gotta try you know i mean i i'm you know i'm happy with where everything is uh it's not so much that it it's a pessimistic. I mean, I'm bearish. I'm bearish on everything, but it's not pessimism. But I think that there is really um, we haven't been realistic. Uh, and um, I don't because I mean these are I feel like the things that I express are things that like are on a lot of people's minds within the industry, and it only took me like a year or two of actually like getting to understand the corporate and like the corporate space mm-hmm. that I started to under like to started to think like that. Um, you know, I mean, you got, it at- sounds like from, uh, from my point of view, you might've just kind of wrong place at the wrong time to a degree. I- and you, 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 you have with that experience you have, you can easily take that and just keep that in the back of your mind um, and just keep moving and just know that, I'm going to avoid you because you're just like this guy who I dealt with and, you know. I I don't think it's like that. I just think it's with throwing these three events and the difficulty of finding sponsors, the difficulty of getting people interested in this space and interested in sponsoring something was a really sobering experience. And you talk about, like, the veil thing. Like, why weren't there all these sponsors and advertisers? It's fucking hard. People Mm -hmm. don't care about VR. Dude, they had Lenovo. Lenovo, what's funny I don't know if it's true. This is word of mouth from what I've heard. Um, but you know, there was the Lenovo, the main guy who, who I don't know who he is exactly, but he was just saying, uh, because there were issues a little bit of like making sure the PC setups were correct and like getting them shipped or whatever. And the guy was like, "Yeah, you should hit us up. We would have just provided everything for you, no problem." And Tropical was like, "Yeah, you know, we tried. We didn't hear anything." He's like, "Yeah, you didn't try with me. You didn't ask me." Yeah, and it's well, about it, those it, specific connections that really, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's hard to get those connections if you're if yeah, you aren't for in sure. the industry. Like that's where we're all working towards is these connections. But like, I feel like certain things are happening in this space on connections. When really, the, if the space was healthy, they would just be happening regardless. That's what um, Vale felt like. But like, I haven't. 
I guess I'm still like I'm still a lot more optimistic because I haven't dealt with too much of like detrimental stuff that's really hurt me to where I'm like I'm very wary. There was an issue with uh Vale in the beginning, but for I think they had to put up their walls and I just I just took that as like I'm gonna prove myself. I'm just gonna show you what I'm really about because there's been word of mouth about my company and I had to just dispel that by just Look at all this stuff I've been doing for the past year and a half grinding. Like, if that's not enough proof, and then the stuff I've been doing with you recently, if that's not enough, then, you know, obviously you guys have something else in mind. And luckily it didn't pan out, you know, the, the opposite way. And uh, Yeah, it's like, but, stop um, listening to this, the wrong people. And yeah. and it's just like, that. that's also what I've noticed in, in the VR spaces. Like, I'm not going to mention names on, on, like, the communities that I'm in, but you definitely hear talk like a lot of the older vr people they don't want pr progression they're okay with what what's what this is now and if it never grows guess what they have such a huge community and like say like a youtube they have so many people that it's working for them that if it grows then their model it changes and that scares them and so i have actually seen people actually damage other connections with 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 influencers coming in like a doctor disrespect coming into the vr scene because they're like oh we have him in here then he's just gonna make a disgrace of it it's like the guy has a personality that's what makes him money that's not his real person the real person who he is is actually a really nice dude it's like stop you know but it they're looking at it like oh well if he comes in there then i'm not going to be top dog of, of vr anymore it's like and and i just stay away from that you know people like that Oh, are you, are you talking about like influencers, content creators? Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are like some of the older ones I've seen and 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 heard talk in the scene, and they're just like not having any growth. I like the first time that I heard the whole uh, Jake Paul thing coming in. They the whole community you could just feel the roar of comments swarming in like this is horrible he's he'll make a disgrace out of vr no he'll make a name for vr who cares of the, the dumb decisions he makes well he he can actually make a pretty good impression in gaming i, I mean yeah he definitely would and i think that you know well, first of all i'll say that gamers are the worst people in existence <laughs> i'm a gamer but gamers Thank are the you. worst people. gamers are like the worst demo like like, I do nothing but good work, and I have to deal with – I mean, a lot of it's children, too. It's a yeah. lot of children. And, um, you know, it's they, – the kid, they, whether it's children, whether it's men, whether it's, you know, a, a senior – they all want to hate. And gamers are such bad. Like, I, like there's, I, I was irascible at one time, and, like, I would always be angry about whatever changes. And then it's like – it's like, dude, these are – like, these, like, developers, like – you see like the harassment towards developers it's like dude this is their job like yeah, we love this up, man. We love, it's like this is their job this is like you know this is they they, they want to just get their job done and go home they the, like, there's the people are like the gamers are like change everything for this you have this concept for this game i want you to make this game for me actually i want you to take out this and make this <laughs> yeah. for me Spend the next month and a half developing this part so I can be happy, please. Thank you. So and if you like don't, my, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. So the, a good example is like so Larsenos just came out with like a very big update, and it brought a lot of people back to play it and try it. But they made decisions that they felt would work for their game, 
you know, you can't listen to everybody. You know, you just can't. You cannot please every single person. I played it. It was a, a really enjoyable update. But the fact that there were so many things that changed how people play style, it wasn't like their loadout they want anymore. They crucified those people that they loved playing that game. And why are you even in there if you're just going to bitch about it? And it's yeah. like you get to tell that pretty much a game that they once loved and they've been waiting for this update and they've been telling people to F off the whole entire time because people were like, where's the update? We're just going to leave. And then they finally get the update and then they leave themselves because they're just like, this is not what I wanted. It's like, Dude, they, you literally just shit on, like, they just spent hours of their life trying to make something viable for you guys, and you just shit on it day one without even giving it a, tra- a chance. It's like, I mean, it could also be this person's passion. Like, it could also be that, like, the, the, the projects, I mean, it, it, just gamers are just, I mean, no one ever said that gamers were well-adjusted people, and, uh, I mean, I definitely would say, I'm only just becoming adjusted in my 30s, but like deal like dealing with gaming communities at least the one thing that i feel like i'm lucky about is that at least with an echo and like with the vr i'm lucky to like command a certain degree of respect that i don't have to deal with the kids like like fighting me which is <laughs> so invaluable oh my god it makes my life easier like you put in the work and now you're like all right well, I still so, yeah. play with them. Like, I still play at, like, the highest level, but I play at, like, the lowest part of the highest level now. Um, and, uh, you know, it helps at least within that game I can get in and play. But, like, I haven't been able to play much VR since, like, my eye surgery. Uh, so, like, I just haven't been playing much. But when I do play, like, it's 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 time well spent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I sucked at Vale because... You know, it was really hard for, before they added the outlines. It was incredibly difficult for me to distinguish the player bodies. Yeah, like it was. was it was hard for it was hard for everybody, right? I mean, the game's yeah. the game's constantly changing. Like, yeah. I remember going in the Discord and someone's like, "Oh man, I can't believe this game changed so much." I'm like, "My man, it's an alpha." Yeah, like, it's that's an alpha. the point. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like, uh, and I haven't been back to play it since they added the outlines. I've been back to spectate it. Their spectator tools are insane. Um, they did a good job, and I I can't wait to get back in and try try and do another tournament. But uh, we had a lot of fun with the rifle cup. Did you watch that, Olin? No, no, actually, you know, uh, I, I I got the past. I I haven't even had time to play Vale either, honestly. Like for just a little bit of TikToks here and there to just you know show off the brand. I haven't really played at all, and it sucks. And you know, I put on the headset doing the demo at the thing because uh, it was a little bit quiet. So I was like, I'm gonna pop it on. Got a few kills, and then I was like, "Somebody take the shit off me, or I'm gonna get. Ca- I ain't gonna stop playing this, dude. <laughs> like, I can finally take a break and play." But, um, yeah, no, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it, fortunately. Uh, it's really good. Uh, but I'll tell you about it. Later. Yeah, if, if yeah, yeah, please, please do. Yeah. So but, uh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just, I was just gonna ramble. Sorry, take it, take it, please. <laughs> So with uh, I just had a thing with like with like Redshift and everything. Um, have you ever thought about just like building up a list of casters, and then you're just a one stop shop? If you want to rent out a caster, you come to me, and least least they know that they're getting an actual valuable person in the scene instead of them like games like Veil that they say, okay, let's go ahead and uh, 
fill out this form and then you have to tell us how many years you did it and then show us some videos. But if you start building up brand recognition and like, this is Redshift, you know, this is the number one stop for casters. I think that people would look at you guys a, a whole bunch different because then you actually have a product that is going to be valued in the community because then they know that they're going to get a good product and your product would be people's personalities. I've, I've definitely thought about becoming a talent agency. I think that's pretty much what Val has done, Virtual Athletics League. They have become this, you know, this talent agency for uh, VR influencers and content creators. And I've thought about that, not really the kind, and I'm kind of doing that, but I don't think there isn't, their content creators are more independent. They're just like under the studio, whereas like, I will be leading production and like I'm involved mm -hmm. and I want to be developing this talent. Uh, I want to be like the, we're doing a coaching program right now. It's the first co uh, professional coaching program. It's based off the, you know, traditional coaching programs that I've taken part in and tennis and soccer and football and wrestling. And the goal, and I wanted to do this in 2017 or 2018, but I couldn't. And let's be real. Like, Running a collegiate sports, collegiate esports program, it pays like they want people with masters, and it pays like twenty seven k a year. It's fucking unbelievable. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> and uh, so the idea with this coaching program is that I take some of the top talent that I know from Echo. I've got this kid named Ra he's a young adult named Mozzie. He's eighteen. Uh, I know him well from all the lands. I spent time with him in Long Island uh, a week ago when I was on my vacation. And, uh, you know, he expressed that he wanted something to do. And then, I, you know, we talked about the future, uh, you know, what he wants to do with, you know, post-college and all this stuff. Like, we had, like, a big discussions because, uh, like, I'm invested in a lot of these kids' lives. And they're young adults now. I knew them when they were 16. Now they're 18, and I care about them. And that's also why I stopped having teams because i can't care about anymore i can't i can't care i don't i don't like i, I don't care about all you guys <laughs> like, i already have the i already have the people that i care about and i can yeah. dedicate my time and yeah. attention to and i want to make yeah. sure I, I focus do on it them. the right way yeah yeah and so this coaching program uh he'll make some money it will create content and then he can take it and then we'll have a, a, a real coaching program based off of a sports program and he can take it to a collegiate take it to a university and be like hey give me an esports scholarship Mm -hmm. so like be amazing yeah like that's that that was what i wanted to do with it and then i ended up just going back and getting my degree and then being done but you know he showed interest and i was like hey we can execute that under the like the vision i had and uh so like i don't know like we're doing all this stuff um is there you anything know, that you you're currently working on that uh you want to tell everybody about that's kind of uh maybe something exciting or you're planning on it and things like that um, so, uh, I have a lot of stuff. I was gonna make a joke about me being pregnant, but I was like, you know, that might be too much. Uh, else <laughs> he's already checking out. He's already, I got a baby out. on the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, no, I really just, I'm, I'm grateful for being on the show. I'm grateful for getting a time to talk to you guys. And, uh, yeah, Glad to yeah it, thank you. And, um, yeah, if anyone wants to check out redshiftesports.com, but we have so many socials and. I mean, I've I've already taken too much of you guys' time. You're good. Like I said, like at the very beginning, this is for you, and that's why I bring people on here. I do. Uh, we didn't talk, and we can kind of end with it as well. 
is uh, your podcast. Oh, yeah. So the stack will be coming back. It's uh, been a Echo Arena podcast. Now it's general VR. And I'm going to have Garelzi on it. I'd love to have Olin on it, but we'd have to split Absolutely. you guys up. We're going to have to split you guys up. Uh, okay. And, um, yeah, so we'll be back. Uh, I'll have Cool Whip with me, who will be a co-host. Looney will be a co-host. So we'll have different co-hosts every week. Not every week, but three different co-hosts rotating. And uh, it's going to be great. And I'd, I'd love to have another continue this conversation with both of you. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And as things come out, uh, especially with Redshift, we'll have you back on as well, um, just because um, I know that you have ideas, but I don't think you have your full envision that's done. And I would like to have you back on when it's completed and you say, hey, this is my product finally, you know, because I'll, I'll have my two tablets and I'll be coming down from the mountain and be yeah. like. That's a that's a, oh yeah that's a Moses the prophecy. Joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, but continue. So yeah, we'll have to do more about that, and then yeah, I'll I'll definitely uh, would go on the podcast, talk to you. Uh, I like going on other people's podcasts because then um, it's all about me, you know. <laughs> and I love talking about myself. So, um, but other than that, is there anything else that you really want to push out before we uh, leave here? Uh. And thank you, dodged a bullet. I was going to talk about some Bone Lab, too, and we never got to that. Oh, we I'm never okay got with, I'm okay <laughs> with we don't talk about it either. I already gave my rating. I did a part one, part two on YouTube um, just because not my typical scene. So I was like, I'll just put it on uh, on VR Jungle's like, live thing for the first time. And I did the whole playthrough. took me like 12 hours because I just uh, jacked around in it too much. Um, but my final rating was a 7.4, and that's where I'm going to leave it at. But, All right. Well, we'll go. I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah, I I, I'm gonna play first, and then I'm gonna watch a review. I don't yeah, want to yeah. get spoilers. Yeah, I, I screamed a lot. Um, <laughs> definitely did that. I I did have fun. If you watch the very beginning of part two, um, I found these two knives, and I was just going around just stabbing people and picking them up and like dropping <laughs> them down. Like that was fun. But there was moments where it's like, if if you do not have VR shoes um i would highly recommend you just like not touching it until you played a lot of vr because i play a lot of vr you know there's sometimes i'm in vr eight eight hours at a time and there's three solid moments where i thought i was gonna face plant and start throwing up (laughs) yeah there's an elevator there's an elevator scene that free falls you and i've never had a a real experience in vr and i'm just like holy cow (laughs) yeah all right don't flip a go kart either. That one, that one got me. That one got me. I, I've done that in real life. So, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I flipped the flipped the VR go, golf the the go kart. I'm just like, oh. But anyways, um, I was next week. We're gonna have. I'm trying my hardest to get on someone from the championship team from Vale on as a guest because it'd be nice to see like their their feelings about it, but. Uh, I, br- I brought it up to one of them, and they're like, what's VR Jungle? I'm like, ah, I'm not going to get anywhere with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, yeah. Vortex is really nice. They're, they're really down-to-earth guys. You, you know, you should have yeah. – you could have some success with them. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to try and uh, – I'd even get the whole team on here. I have a whole bunch of people. So, but I know in two weeks – Hanging um, up in the trees. <laughs> I need – and I also need to remember, I guess, I have, like – 
not been feeling the grace today so my memory on like remembering stuff is like out the door but um we were gonna have someone on next week but he's traveling and so he's gonna be on in two weeks and i rarely wish i knew his name because it was gonna be an interesting one but owen you want to say anything before we leave no i'm exhausted and i'm ready to get a full night's sleep for the first time and seems like forever but uh yeah it was a good good weekend and it feels good just to get back on a podcast too and start talking about more stuff and i could go off forever honestly about it and pick i love picking people's brains thank you but for coming through and being on it was a great pleasure to talk to you and i do have a lot of questions for you after the uh show and um yeah but other than that thank you thank you for being here yeah definitely thank you guys yep are we gonna are we, we still right. don't even know how we're ending these podcasts yet. We spent, right. we switched. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say peace out now and uh, take care, everybody. See you, everybody.